Exec MBA Podcast. I'm Brad Twitty, Director of Admissions for the Executive Formats of the Darden MBA, and you are listening to a new episode. So on this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with Jessica Heeman. Jessica is a student in our class of 2019, and she and I sat down to talk a little bit more about her career, how she decided to pursue an MBA, uh, what she's enjoyed about Darden so far, and how she balances the demands of work and school and being a mom. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jessica. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. All right. So uh, for our listeners at home, tell us just a little bit more about, about you. Absolutely. Well, my name is Jessica Heeman. I'm uh, a director of operations for Marriott Vacations Worldwide, um, and I am a mother of two. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old at home. So um, where are you based out of? I live in beautiful Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. So, um, obviously, for many of our students, the decision to come back to school uh, to get an MBA is a considered one. Um, how did you think through that process? That's a good question because it took me a considerable amount of time. Um, I graduated from business school in uh, 2005, and getting my MBA has been a lifetime goal of mine. So, to do it or not do it was not a question that I considered. I knew that I was going to do it. It was just a matter of when and where. Uh, some of the things that I considered was certainly the the time away from my family, the uh, amount of work that I would be taking on com- in addition to my regular job, um, and uh, and certainly what I had to gain from from choosing the right school. And so. Uh, one of the biggest deciding factors for me uh, was the time away from my family. Darden certainly fit that bill for me, um, having to be on grounds only once a month as opposed to every other week uh, was was a big factor for me. And additionally, um, the, the format with uh, global studies and going to the places I was interested in and um, also being able to choose my electives, having been in my career for... 12 years, uh, being able to choose electives that fit into my occupation or fit my interests was was really important to me as well. So a lot of different things. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we've had a lot of students say the once a month weekend residency works particularly well because you can sort of plan for it and you know it's not every other weekend. It's not that high travel cadence that we come with something like that. Right, right. And so knowing that I have to be on grounds once a month, uh, allows me that the time that I'm not on grounds to maybe focus a little bit more on work um, next week because I'm coming away from an on grounds. Um, and so it, it lightens the load a little bit before I have to start preparing for the next on grounds. Yeah, so many different schedules out there. And, and it is a good thing to think through how much in person. You know, we're a hybrid mm-hmm. program, two-thirds in person, one-third online. So that's how you get to that once-a-month weekend residency schedule is by having some online content. So you do a, a couple of distance classes in the weeks, or in the week, right, uh, in between your on-grounds experiences. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, the distance classes uh, – Surprisingly, I found to be also very um, interactive. I spent, I was surprised at how much time I uh, really gained with my uh, classmates on the distance programs as well. So we were joking with one of your classmates uh, earlier before we started the podcast about all the all the kids who have made an appearance <laughs> on the uh, on the 
distance classes, right? So uh, sons and daughters of of current students who pop up uh, during the distance classes. Mm -hmm. Maybe some invited, maybe some some <laughs> uninvited. Just want to be on the camera. Uh, other folks have dropped into learning learning teams. Uh, so uh, so families are you know, obviously always around while you're doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my my son, um, it's become somewhat of a game when I when he sees mommy going to class. He he comes and gets a wave from some of my learning team members, and uh, then I have to shoo him out of the room. But. Uh, yeah, he's probably been on almost all of my negotiation courses. <laughs> so um, you're now over halfway through the program, mm -hmm. right? So uh, quarter seven, uh, which is interestingly yeah. enough because of the structure of the program, probably the last time uh, the Roslyn section will be together as the Roslyn section, same yeah. true for Charlottesville section. So a little bit of sen sentimentality this, this quarter? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, interestingly enough, uh, a large number of my classmates from Roslyn will be in India, uh, as will I. So um, I w was not quite so bittersweet because I can say, oh, I'll see you in just a couple weeks in India. But uh, yeah, to say to some of them, oh, this is our last time until we're in Charlottesville in January. Um, yeah, absolutely. A little bittersweet. How did you... Um so have you been on a global residency yet, or is this your first? I did, yeah. I signed up uh, when I was starting the program. I signed up to go to South Africa. And um, for me and the time commitment, uh, that was going to be it for me. I was going to go to South Africa and come back and just know that I was able to enjoy that trip. Uh, but when I got back from South Africa, I, I thought, you know, this is too good to pass up again. And the, um, the learning environment... Um, and the quality of the uh, information that was brought into the classroom in South Africa, I just couldn't couldn't give it up. Um, so jumped on the chance to go to India. And now I'm five weeks away. Super excited. Yeah. So for those of you uh, listening at home, Gimbo Format students do one of the four global residencies. Gimbo Format students do all four global residencies. Mm -hmm. uh, Jessica's class uh, had the option of South Africa, China, Western Europe, and Brazil. The class of 20, I mean, sorry, excuse me, let me start over. South Africa, China, Western Europe, and India. India. Uh, the class of 2020 uh, was Brazil, China, Western Europe, and India. Yeah. Um, and some discussion of, of South Africa coming back as a Darden Worldwide course as an elective. So um, INBO format students can do a second global residency, space permitting. That's mm -hmm. always the, the wild card, their seats. Uh, so um, that's how she gets to do a second global residency. And um, Have you been to India before? I've not, no. Okay. So what are you looking forward to the most? Um honestly the most the most I'm looking forward to is spending that time with my classmates being able to travel abroad uh, together as a group is an experience unlike anything else that I've experienced in my life um, I've certainly been able to travel for work and and this is not that so being in in South Africa and being fully immersed in the country and understanding the economics and the the business side and um, and meeting with other South Af well, meeting with South African leaders uh, was was really impactful for me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I chose India, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward. Hoping to for another another experience yeah, like that. Absolutely. So, um, as you thought about your schedule and the kind of program you wanted to do and all of this, um, obviously you were also balancing sort of your family, right? You had noted noted that. So. Yeah. Um, 
you know, how are you managing the time commitment of all, you know, you're working, um, you've got personal commitments, you've, you're yeah. a mom and yeah. school. Absolutely. Uh, that might be a better question for my husband, how, how I'm balancing. I would, I would say, um, I honestly just, uh, I, I really try to do the best I can. Um, I certainly can't be everywhere for everyone. Um, I spend a lot of, a lot of time, um, should, being very strategic with my schedule and I've gotten a lot better about being in the moment. Uh, for example, if I'm going to, uh, take some time off to be with my kids and my husband, I'm, that is a hundred percent what I'm going to do. Uh, if I'm going to, um, spend the evening studying for my valuations class, uh, then I'm, I'm a hundred percent there in the moment. So, uh, I try to make sure that my free time if and in that too if i'm gonna catch up on uh the most recent episode of real housewives then i'm gonna sit down and and do that and and be in the moment in that so i i'm trying to be very strategic in the free time that i have and making sure that it that it counts when i where i want it to count so be be fully present for yeah it totally makes sense sense. well i mean when you're stretched right you you could try to do three things simultaneously which uh is hard, right? Right. right. Um, or you could just try to focus on doing one thing at that time really, mm-hmm. really well. The other, I think the other, uh, tac- tactic maybe or mindset that I, that I, uh, that I try to use or remind myself is, um, the reason I came to Darden was to, to graduate with a world class education and, and to learn the, the tools and the, um, the information that's given to me in my classes and not to, I'm not going to kill myself over the assignments or over the, the work or I'm going to give it my best and, and be okay with that. Uh, so I, I don't spend hours and hours and hours of unnecessary time trying to gain one more point or something like that. Yeah. A lot, there's a lot of, a lot of your classmates have talked about being, being ultimately, learning oriented yeah rather than grade oriented absolutely and right. because i mean why are you here as someone who's been working for in your case 12 12, 12 years, years right um you know you're coming back because you have things to learn and ultimately that's that's the motivator right absolutely so um how have your classmates helped you through this experience right so uh not only do you have support at home and at work you also have support from within the class so um how how is how have they helped you uh my my classmates have been instrumental in my success to say the least there have uh been i have a, a really a couple of really strong learning teams throughout my uh throughout the past seven quarters and knowing that I can lean on them and, and of course knowing that I need to be there for them when they need to lean on me has been, has been really helpful. Uh, most recently I had to evacuate for the hurricane that just came up and, uh, that was certainly not planned and I was not expecting that. So to be able to quickly shoot an email or text to my learning team and say, guys, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be out for the next couple of days preparing my family and my work for this hurricane. Um, and knowing that they quickly responded saying, we've got your back and let us know what you need, uh, felt really, really supportive. In addition to that, there are uh, quite a few other moms on the progr- in the program. 
and uh, I've certainly made alliances with them and become really strong friends with them and uh, and I think that's really helped as well to hear their struggles and and how they prioritize their their work-life balance and to hear what they're going through definitely makes me feel like I'm not in this alone for mm-hmm. sure I think I think there's sometimes a tendency to feel like oh man this thing that I'm having a hard time with I'm the only person having right. having this particular struggle yeah but I think it's good to know that there are other people that are also having that yeah and you found that your classmates are comfortable sharing that yeah yeah absolutely and even I have a classmate um a about a month ago, she and I both had kindergartners, and they started within the first couple of days of each other. So to send her a picture of my kindergartner and her to respond with her kindergartner and, um, and just to be able to have that camaraderie with other parents in the program, it, it's really it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I um, I have also been struck by the learning teams, right, and how, <laughs> how um, people sort of have managed that process and how they help each other out. Mm-hmm. Um, many of our prospective students don't quite understand how the learning teams operate here. Um, yeah. How did you establish the ground rules or how the learning team, you know, went about its work and time together? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Uh, cause that it fluctuates quite a bit as, uh, as you move from quarter to quarter and you become more and more comfortable with the schedule and, and the, the demands of school of your coursework. Um, but some of my strongest learning team experiences uh, started with my very first learning team. And in, in LR1, when we sat down together, we talked about this is our expectations for each other and uh, kind of laid out some of those ground rules. This is when we'll meet and this is what I want out of this learning team and this is what you want out of this learning team and how can we make sure that we're, that we're getting that from each other. Uh, and also over the course of time, we've b- built up these natural friendships too. So you start to know what that person is going through or what their week looks like and, and where you can help or what your week looks like and how they can, they can help you. And so now that we've been doing this for a while, it's much more comfortable to just say, Hey, I need some help on this. When, when are you available and, and how can you help me? One of the things that I've been struck by, um, in talking with some of your classmates is sort of the journey, uh, sort of the arc of the program experience mm-hmm. that it's really hard when you start out mm-hmm. and you know, that first few quarters, yeah. really, really challenging. Um, was that your experience? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And to the idea of just making time for it in your schedule and you, before you start the program, you think that you're busy. And then once you start the program now, it's like, oh, I really wasn't that busy or as busy as I thought I was for sure. Uh, so that was my biggest challenge was to figure out where the puzzle pieces fall and, and how do I make it work? And now, um, now it's a lot easier to be able to say to my husband or my kids, um, mommy has to go to school for a couple of hours, but I will be at your soccer game tonight. Or mommy has to go to, to, um, to on grounds this weekend, but I'll be back Sunday night in time to, to read you a bedtime story or something like that. And it's become easier for my family as well. And you feel like you've gotten better at the 
at the classes, at the coursework, at the things that that come your way? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you start to realize what you what what your learning style is. My my learning style now is much different than it was 12 years ago in undergrad. So I I know what I need to do to to get the material to learn it and to be able to use it in class and um and to know when that's enough and not have to keep going to make sure I've gotten it all. Yeah, that's a great point because I think when you first get started, particularly with the case method, it's a lot of reading and, and preparation, and, and mm-hmm. you're not quite sure how much is an, enough to be ready for that cold call or to be ready for uh, you know class and to be able to make a meaningful contribution. And you start to see that from your professors as well. Mm-hmm. When you go to your first or second class, you start to see – uh, this professor relies heavily on the case facts, so I need to know everything about this case. Or this professor will have expected me to read the case, but they'll ask me a lot of questions about my thoughts or my takeaways from the case. And so that's what I'm going to focus on when I'm preparing for for class. And you start to weed out some of the stuff that you might not need to spend so much time on, and that will allow you to really focus on on what you need to bring to class. When you were thinking about, uh, you know, getting an MBA, what, what was the most challenging thing for you as you, know, as you were thinking through the sort of decision? What was what was the thing that you felt like might have held you back? I mean, you noted that it was it was part of a plan that you had had for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the sort of if you had a reservation? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was it? Um, I think I think it was maybe twofold. Of, of, I think the most, um, the biggest question for me was, is it, is now the time? Is this the, the right time for me? And the second question is, um, well, what about my career? I am, uh, doing something that I love to do. I'm really excited about, uh, going to work every morning and I, I really enjoy what I do and I gained some momentum in my career and didn't wanna, didn't wanna let that go. And so, to decide whether it was time, uh, and speaking with my husband and, and my parents and some of the people that I knew I would need to rely on if I were to do this, uh, it definitely was the time and it was now or now is going to be better than, than waiting for sure. My kids go to bed at eight or eight thirty if it sometimes. Um, so I was going to have some time in the evenings and they're only going to become more involved in school and extracurriculars. So, it was certainly now is going to be better than than waiting. And um, one of the things that I that I didn't do until a couple months into the program was uh, consider the amount of goodwill I'd already built up with my in my career. So um, knowing that I had the support of my boss and my boss's boss in the company uh, w- was really impactful to me to know, okay, I might need to leave earlier than I normally do, or I'm going to need to take more time off than I generally would, and I would have their support in that. And so that didn't come to me right away. Uh, and once I realized this and was able to to use this to my benefit, it was, it was much more easier to make the decision. How did you approach the conversation at work? I think this is, um, you know, sometimes talking with students on the phone as they're Thinking about uh, you know, working while doing this, yeah. it can feel a little nerve wracking to talk, start talking to your boss about, uh, "Hey, I want to do this thing. I'm gonna have to miss some work." And yeah, how did how how did you go about that? 
Yeah, it was a little bit uh, nerve-wracking going up to my boss's office and saying, "Hey, this this is my this is my idea, and this is what I want your support in doing." For me to uh, to recognize that I have to travel and uh, and being coming from the West Coast, I spend a lot of time at the airport or leave work uh, at noon instead of at five or six o'clock at night. Um, I kind of just bit the bullet and did it. <laughs> but on the flip side, it was much easier. Once I got to that conversation and got and sat down in his office, it was much, much easier than I expected. And I, uh, and I had his full, full support. Of course, he's, of course, it's going to be better for the company. I'm going to graduate in uh, 19 months with an MBA. And so, uh, of course, I had his full support. It just was a little bit nervous going into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I think. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm going to get an MBA. I'm going to be a better employee. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to learn all these things. Um, but there is like, there's. I guess it just seems like an intimidating conversation to some folks. I, I know from, yeah. from just phone conversations. We always encourage students though, have that conversation up front. You know, yeah. start start it. You know, as part of your professional development planning, as part of Sort of as you talk about your role within the company, you know, mm-hmm. you have a feedback conversation, any of that kind of stuff. If, if an MBA is important, you know, help your boss understand why. And I think one of the benefits of getting an executive MBA is there have been multiple times when I've brought that information from the classroom back to work, even on Monday. I, like I learned something on Saturday and, or Sunday and, and instantly on Monday, I'm like, okay, I've seen a better way of doing this or now I know how to fix this problem that we've been having. So it's very tangible mm-hmm. for my boss to see some of these changes that I've been able to implement. So, and it's, uh, for those of you who may be wondering, gosh, I thought Jessica said she was coming from Hilton Head. Oh. <laughs> uh, when she started the program, uh, she was living in San Diego. So when she yes. applied and interviewed, she was out on the West Coast and uh, moved to the East Coast. Uh, so from one beautiful yeah. place to another beautiful place. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> So what would be your advice to prospective students? Obviously, we have a lot of prospective students that listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, um, thinking through, you know, is now the right time for me? Is, you know, should I go get an MBA? What would be your advice to these folks? Uh, yeah, absolutely. My first advice is to, to jump in and, and do it. I, I really don't think that in my, especially in my situation, there was no better time to, to do it. Um, so my first advice would be to now's the time um, and you'll only be able to use your MBA to leverage your MBA throughout your career. Uh, and so the sooner the better. But secondly is if there is concern or hesitation, then to, to reach out, uh, whether it be to uh, another colleague who has their MBA or um, or, of course, to our, our uh, network of executive women or uh, to other students, certainly, um, to talk about our experiences, uh, because we'd be happy to share that for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's great advice. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to connect, uh, let us know in the admissions mm-hmm. office. We'll be happy to connect you with someone uh, from, from the class, someone who shares your background. Of course, if you want to talk to, uh, we have six student organizations. Uh, the Network of Executive Women is one of them. 
um, and they've been great partners for us as it as it mission staff. Um, actually, just uh, not so long ago, co-hosted a networking happy hour. So, uh, very much engaged and eager to help prospective students. Because again, to an earlier conversation, I think many folks think, "Gosh, I must be the only person on the planet worried about this particular thing, thinking about yeah. this particular thing, having this particular challenge." And whether you're a prospective student or current student, you quickly find by talking to other people, "Oh no, I totally." had that mm-hmm. thought or I was totally worried about that too. And here's how I work through it. Um, so Jessica, well, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that was my conversation with Jessica Heeman, a student in our class of 2019. Of course, as always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We could be reached at exec. That's E X E C. MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Till next time, thanks for listening.